Hello, everyone, and welcome to the main column, the podcast series from Hydrocarbon Processing, a one-stop shop for news on advancements in the refining and petrochemical sector. I'm Tyler Campbell, Associate Editor of Hydrocarbon Processing, and your host for this week's episode of the main column. Today, we will be looking at the top stories in the refining and petrochemical sector from February. This episode will get you up to speed on the latest news from the petrochemicals plant blast in South Korea to Toyo's ethylene cracker study. Now, before we get started, I would like to take a moment to mention our 100th anniversary. To celebrate, we are issuing 100 NFTs to subscribers. 10 will become available each month to the first HP subscribers that make the request. These tokens will be redeemable for valuable content throughout the year. If you are a current hydrocarbon processing subscriber and would like a free NFT, please send an email to nft at gulfenergyinfo.com for instructions. Now, let's get back to the top stories from February. South Korea orders workers off petrochemical plant after blast kills four. South Korean authorities ordered workers off one of petrochemical company Yeokong NCCS or YNCC NAFTA crackers in the city of Yeosu after a blast killed four people and injured an additional four. The incident occurred at YNCC's third plant in Yeosu and came as business braced for greater scrutiny under a new South Korean law punishing management for incidents involving workers' death. The regional office of South Korea's labor ministry said that the ministry ordered workers to halt work at the entire third plant. YNCC's first and second plants were unaffected. The blast occurred during a test in a cleaning process that is procedural operation carried out every four years. YNCC's third naphtha cracker in Yosu, the site of the explosion, produces 470,000 tons per year of ethylene. YNCC's first and second naphtha crackers in Yosu produce 900,000 and about 920,000 tons per year of ethylene each. YNCC's entire capacity is about 2.29 million tons per year, about 1.1% of global capacity, according to a Samsung Securities analysis. The new South Korean law, which took effect in January, imposes criminal punishment of one or more years of jail or fines up to 1 billion won, or roughly $834,000 for severe industrial accidents on business owners and responsible management if they violated the duty of safety measures stipulated in the law. Exxon to combine its chemical and refining divisions. ExxonMobil will relocate its corporate headquarters to the Houston area from suburban Dallas and combine its chemical and refining divisions in a major shakeup aimed at reducing costs. The oil giant's top executives, who have worked out the famous Godpod office park in Irving for more than three decades, will make the move of about 230 miles to the southeast by mid-2023. The company will also reorganize along three main business lines, Upstream, which produces oil and natural gas, Product Solutions, which makes fuels and chemicals, and its low-carbon division. 
It's a sweeping overhaul for the company that traces its roots to John D. Rockefeller's Standard Oil Trust in the 19th century and will bring executives under the same roof as rank-and-file employees in its Houston-area campus. The moves will accelerate Exxon's aggressive cost-cutting drive, which is on track for $6 billion of savings by 2023, enough to fund about 40% of annual dividend payouts. ExxonMobil's top managers will move into the company's biggest U.S. office in Suburban Spring, Texas, which opened under the former CEO Rex Tillerson in 2014. The modern, glass-walled campus is split into several buildings with a central common area adorned with plants and water features. This is not the first time that Houston campus has absorbed staff from other offices. At the end of last year, Exxon announced plans to close two Houston-area office towers known as Hughes Landing after a raft of employee departures. Under the three main business units, Exxon will merge support services into a new division called Exxon Mobile Technology and Engineering to be led by Linda Ducharme, who previously led Upstream Integrated Solutions and Business Development. Karen McKee, the former chemical boss will run Exxon Mobil product solutions. While Exxon is one of the S&P 500's top performers in 2022, it's been a hard few years for the company. The pandemic forced Woods to pivot away from his $200 billion seven-year growth strategy toward a low spending model after debt ballooned in 2020. The following year, activist investor Engine Number no. 1 won support from shareholders to replace a quarter of the company's board after criticizing its financial performance and approach to climate change. SR to build the UK's first refinery-based hydrogen furnace. SR Oil UK announced plans to install a new $60 million furnace at Stanlow that's capable of using hydrogen as its fuel source, which is a first for the UK. This marks another milestone in SR's goal to becoming the UK's first low-carbon refinery. It follows the launch of Vertex Hydrogen last month, a new SR-led JV in which the company will invest $1.3 billion over the next five years to drive down emissions, including the development of new hydrogen production plants at Stanlow, forming a central part of the high-net Northwest decarbonization cluster. The scheme which is subject to plan and approval, comprises the decommissioning of three existing furnaces and their replacement with a single, highly efficient furnace, which includes a chimney of approximately 71 meters. The scheme will provide a number of improvements that will lead to benefits for Stanlow and the surrounding area, including low-carbon emissions through the gas-only firing and new burners that emit lower levels of nitrogen oxide and future-proofing to enable the use of sustainable fuel types in the future, such as hydrogen. The furnace is currently being fabricated in Thailand. The largest single module is 26.5 meters long by 18.5 meters tall by 14.5, and the furnace will be delivered on site almost fully constructed. The new furnace forms a key part of the company's strategy to reduce its own carbon emissions. The furnace is unique and that it will have the capability to run entirely off hydrogen, becoming the first of its kind based at a UK refinery. It has an improved energy efficiency of 4% compared to existing furnaces, which will save 
16,600 tons of CO2 per year, as well as reducing ongoing maintenance costs. Set to be installed in 2022, the furnace will become fully operational next year. From 2026 onward, it will be fueled by hydrogen produced at Stanlow as part of the HiNet Northwest Decarbonization Cluster. SR's Vertex Hydrogen will develop the world's first and largest blue hydrogen production plant at Stanlow. Hydrogen will be used at the site and will be distributed to industrial businesses in the region to support their transition to low carbon. Samson Engineering receives 1 billion euros contract for its first petrochemical project. Samson Engineering announced that it has signed a 1 billion euros contract with China National Chemical and Engineering Construction Corporation 7, or CC7, a Chinese state-owned construction company, for the engineering and procurement for the ethane cracker and gas to chemicals project in Russia. Baltic Chemical Complex, the original owner of the contract, previously signed an EPC contract with CC7 in 2019. The project is located at the Gulf of Finland near the seaport of Usgluga, Leningrad Oblast, 110 kilometers southwest of St. Petersburg, Russia. Samsung Engineering's work of scope includes an ethane cracker unit with a total design capacity of 2.8 million tons per year. 1.4 million tons per year of ethylene and two trains, as well as procurement for the project. The ethane cracker unit is the core process element of the plant. The Baltic ethane cracker project produces ethylene from separated C2 out of natural gas. The ethane cracker and gas to chemicals project marks a major milestone for Samsung Engineering with its first project in Russia. Samsung Engineering entering the Russian market is achieving further diversification in their overseas market. Russia is an energy-rich country with the world's largest resource reserves, such as natural gas and oil, and is steadily placing orders for large-scale plant construction. As it is known as a market with high growth potential for the plant business in the future, Samsung Engineering plans to take this order as an opportunity to advance into the Russian market. Toyo starts electrification study on ethylene cracker. Toyo Engineering Corporation has been selected as the commissioned contractor of a project of surveys on an electrification technology of ethylene cracking furnaces aiming to achieve net zero emissions of CO2 in Thailand. The basic study stage is part of the scheme of the International Demonstration Project on Japan's Energy Efficiency Technologies in the second public solicitation of 2021 by New Energy and Industrial Technology Development Organization, or NEDO. The basic study project will evaluate the demonstration research plan to be carried out for developing the electrification technology and its business in Thailand with regard to the fitness and feasibility as NEDO project as well as the possibility of widespread utilization of the developed technology after the demonstration. In the process of producing ethylene, the main base material for petrochemical products, a large amount of CO2 is emitted from the cracking furnace that burns fossil fuels to obtain that required heat. This accounts for most of the CO2 emissions of the entire ethylene plant. By the electrification of ethylene cracking furnaces, CO2 emissions can be reduced to zero in theory, which meets the demands of the times. Toyo named the electrified cracking furnace, E-Furnace, 
and is developing for commercialization. A study finds that U.S. corn-based ethanol is worse for the climate than gasoline. Corn-based ethanol, which for years has been mixed in huge quantities into gasoline sold at U.S. pumps, is likely a much bigger contributor to global warming than straight gasoline, according to a study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. This study contradicts previous research commissioned by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, showing ethanol and other biofuels to be relatively green. U.S. President Joe Biden's administration is reviewing policies on biofuels as part of a broader effort to decarbonize the U.S. economy by 2050 in order to fight climate change. Corn ethanol is not a climate-friendly fuel, said Dr. Tyler Lark, assistant scientist at University of Wisconsin-Madison Center for Sustainability and the Global Environment, as well as the lead author of the study. The research, which was funded in part by the National Wildlife Federation and U.S. Department of Energy, found that ethanol is likely at least 24% more carbon-intensive than gasoline due to emissions resulting from land use changes to grow corn, along with processing and combustion. Geoff Cooper, president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association, the ethanol trade lobby, called the study completely fictional and erroneous, arguing the author used worst-case assumptions and cherry-picked data. Under the U.S. Renewable Fuel Standard, or RFS, a law enacted in 2005, the nation's oil refiners are required to mix some 15 billion gallons of corn-based ethanol into the nation's gasoline annually. The policy was intended to reduce emissions, support farmers, and cut U.S. dependence on energy imports. Tilling fields releases carbon stored in soil, while other farming activities, like applying nitrogen fertilizers, also produce emissions. A 2019 study from the USDA, which has been broadly cited by the biofuel industry, found that ethanol's carbon intensity was 39% lower than gasoline, in part because of carbon sequestration associated with planting new cropland. But that research underestimated the emissions impact of land conversion, Lark said. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, which administers the nation's biofuel policy, is considering changes to the program. Under the RFS, Congress set blending requirements through 2022, but not beyond, given the EPA authority to impose reforms. The EPA plans to propose 2023 requirements in May. SABIC purchases Clarion's 50% share in scientific design. SABIC has signed an agreement to purchase Clarion's 50% stake in specialties company Scientific Design, currently a 50-50 JV with SABIC. Subject to regulatory approval, expected in mid-2022, the transaction will give SABIC full ownership of Scientific Design, which is a licensor of high-performance process technologies and catalyst producer. The move is aimed at securing a greater share of the specialties market. Last year, SABIC repositioned its specialties division as a standalone strategic business unit to unlock organic and inorganic growth opportunities that are independent of feedstock dynamics. We hope you enjoyed this recap of the top stories from February. Thanks for stopping by for another episode of The Main Column. Please remember to share and subscribe.